Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Cancer is not necessarily a death sentence. It, it's a major life event, but it's curable. The earlier it's caught, the more curable it is. There are people and organizations out there that will offer you support, that have resources available to you, and you just got to do it. You, you got to get screened. And if you do have cancer, like I said, it's not a death sentence. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, stories of struggle, hope, and survival in the face of colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to episode 50 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Yes, the big 5-0, we made it. Uh, if you'd asked me when we launched this podcast back in February 2015, did I envision us getting to this point? I'm not so sure I could have said yes, but we are as this very moment, you're listening to episode 50, and not only have we achieved that milestone, but we are this close, if you could see my fingers, this close to hitting another milestone, and that is 20,000 downloads, which is absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for all of your support, for spreading the word about the podcast an easy way to stay up to date with what we're doing is to subscribe to the podcast. So if you find each time there's an episode and the way you're being alerted to that is through social media and then you go to the website and you go listen on the website, I've got a much easier way. If you're listening to us on a smartphone or a tablet, if you're on an iOS, an Apple device, all you need is the native podcast app. And most of the newer phones and tablets that purple icon, lavender icon is already loaded on your phone or tablet. It says podcast. Just search for the colon cancer podcast, tap on it and select subscribe. If you are not an Apple aficionado and you're using an Android device, there's an app called Stitcher, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. That is the number one podcast app for Android phones and same thing, search for the Colon Cancer Podcast, hit subscribe and you will automatically be alerted each time a new episode has been released. So check us out that way. If you need a little help on how to subscribe, there is a video on our website, thecoloncancerpodcast.com that shows you just how to do that. Some events coming up in the colon cancer community on Wednesday, September 21st, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, there is a webinar, which you can find on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. And this webinar is, What Should I Eat After Colorectal Cancer? You know, a healthy diet can reduce your risk for cancer, but colorectal cancer diagnosis often raises a new set of questions on proper diet and oncological nutrition. So if you have questions all around that topic, Join us for the webinar on Wednesday, September 21st from 7 to 8 p.m. Again, you do want to register for that on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. So diet's important, and you always hear me talk about exercise is important. Get out there and move. 
If all you can do is walk outside and check your mailbox, that's a great way to start. And as you continue to get your strength and uh, you have the ability to do more, if you want to learn more about that, uh, check out my interview with my good friend, Nate Allen. He talks all about what walking has done for him. But uh, we're going to make it easy for you, depending on where you live. You've got to check out one of our Undie Run Walk events or one of our Scope It Out events, and they may be coming to a city near you. Coming up on Saturday, September 24th in Cleveland at 9 a.m. is the Undie Run Walk, the one mile fun walk and 5K run taking place at the flats at East Bank. Uh, so for those of you that are in the Cleveland area, check out the Undie. Also, as we roll into October, hard to believe we're talking about October already. The Undie Run Walk uh, stays in Ohio and moves over to Cincinnati. October 1st from 9 a.m. to 10, they'll be at Lunkin Airport Playfields in Cincinnati for the Undie One Mile Fun Walk and 5K Run. On the same day, for those of you in the Detroit area, is the Scope It Out 5K Run One Mile Walk. That is taking place at Rivard Plaza on the River Walk. Again, that's on October 1st from 9 a.m. to 10.30. The following week on the 8th in Peoria, that's the next stop for the Undie Run Walk. They'll be meeting at Riverfront Gateway Building. And that, again, is on Saturday, October 8th at 9 a.m. And then we head over to the Big Apple with the New York City Scope It Out 5K Run Walk on October the 15th at Firefighters Field. That's at 425 Main Street. Come on out and join us for that. So a lot of chances for you to learn about a healthy diet and a lot of chances to get out there and move. I'd like to thank our sponsor, H2ORS. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most popular Sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com forward slash sample and they'll ship one out to you, no strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, use the promo code CCPOD, that's Colon Cancer Podcast for short, CCPOD, and you'll get 10% off your first order. My guest this week, you may not know by name, but you may know her story. If you are a fan and a frequent viewer of NBC Nightly News, you may have seen Dot O'Shea. Dot's story was featured a couple months back on NBC Nightly News, where she told the world how Cologuard saved her life. I'll let her tell the rest of the story from here. Join me now for my conversation with Dot O'Shea. Hi, Dot. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you? I am well, Lee. Thank you for having me. So I feel like I'm talking to a TV star. Oh, shucks. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> 
So for those, uh, I think a lot of people who are listening, once I, once we make the connection, they'll go, Oh, so, uh, for those of us that are very involved in the colon cancer community, uh, how long ago was the NBC news story? Um, Two months, I think. Yeah, I was going to say two, three months ago. So we yeah. knew that NBC Nightly News was going to be doing a story on ColoGuard. And I made a point of, of stopping what I was doing to watch it. And then when you and I uh, got introduced uh, and I saw the clip, I'm like, I remember her. She was the star of that story. So tell us your, your backstory and uh, how this all came to be, how you came to be diagnosed uh, with stage one colon cancer. All right. So um, last August, I turned 50. So when I went for my physical to my um, general practitioner in September, she told me I needed to go for a colonoscopy because, hey, what's better to do when you turn 50 than go for a colonoscopy? I was resistant. And I had seen a pamphlet for something called ColoGuard in the waiting room. I asked her if I could do that instead. And she said, no, you need to go for a colonoscopy. Handed me a list of doctors and I went on my merry way. Well, I'm 50 years old, so that puts me at risk. But I'm also a very active female. Um, I'm very fit. I'm not overweight. I've been a vegetarian for 30 years. I quit smoking 15 years ago. My only risk factor for colon cancer is my age. I decided that, you know, maybe if I spoke to one of the gastroenterologists that she had given me the name of, that perhaps we could work something else out. Because um, like I said, not going for the colonoscopy, but I have a friend who had been diagnosed with colon cancer in June. And he kept pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. So I went to see a gastroenterologist and asked him about my screening options. And I told him flat out that I wasn't going to do a colonoscopy. And he said, well, there's this test, there's that test, and there's this new DNA test called ColoGuard. And I think you'd be a perfect candidate for it because, you know, you're at a very low risk of having colon cancer. I think he told me my lifetime risk of getting colon cancer was only 4%. So he prescribed the test to me. And um, a couple of weeks later, I got a kit in the mail followed the instructions, shipped the kit off. And about a week or two after that, my doctor called me and told me that my fancy DNA kit came back positive. And at that point, he's like, you know, you know, like I said, your lifetime risk of getting colon cancer is only 4%. But I think after, you know, this positive result, it's really a good idea for you to colon come in for the colonoscopy. So I scheduled it for January. I wanted to get through the holiday season without, um, that on my mind. So I went in in January, I had a colonoscopy, and he told me that they found a tumor. And the next week was kind of a blur. I had the colonoscopy on a Monday. I went back in for a CAT scan on Wednesday, which is when he told me officially that I had colon cancer. I met with a surgeon that afternoon. I had to go in for a sigmoidoscopy on the Thursday because the tumor was so small that it didn't show on the CAT scan. So I got my first tattoo that day. So um, the surgeon <laughs> could find the tumor when he did the surgery. Um, Friday, I had pretty much the day off. I went in for a cons consult with the surgeon. We were going to do the surgery the next Friday. Um, I got home that day afternoon. The surgeon's office called me, told me they had a cancellation on Tuesday. Would I like to come in for my surgery then? So I did. 
So I had a laparoscopic bowel resection where they took out my sigmoid colon. Um, I was in the hospital for about two days after that. And now I'm a six-month survivor. Congratulations. That's Thank the word you. we all want to hear. But so a vegetarian for 30 years. Yes. Quit smoking 15 years ago. Yes. What was your reaction when you heard those words, you have cancer? I was pretty stunned. Um, on top of everything else, I mean, I'm the first person in my family with colon cancer. It, it was just really amazing to me. But on the bright side, I had a friend who kept pushing me to get screened. I did get screened when I was 50, and they caught it wicked early. And so it was a stage that what? Um, stage 1A. As my oncologist says, if you're going to have cancer, that's the kind you want. So what was the treatment that was prescribed for you? Surgery. Just the surgery? Just the surgery. You're, you're, you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, my, my surgeon was awesome. He took out uh, 17 lymph nodes, and all of them came back negative. So you really were caught early. Wow. Yes. And uh, so what did you have to say to your buddy, John, after all this? <laughs> Thank you for being my guardian angel and saving my life. <laughs> He, he tears up every time I say that, though, so I try not to say it too often. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, let's go back a little bit. Okay. Uh, what was the motivating factor for you to become a vegetarian uh, when you were younger? Um, well, back in, I think it was the 1980s, there was this show on called 2020, and they were always doing these exposés. Um, they did one on the meat industry, and they showed a slaughterhouse and how... And not to be gross, but how all the, you know, they were slaughtering the cows and they'd slit open the stomach and all the fecal matter would go all over everything and how the meat you buy in the grocery could be contaminated. So I stopped eating beef. Then they did one on chicken where they were cutting tumors off the chickens and packaging it for sale. So I'm like, okay, no more chicken. Then I developed a shellfish allergy. So fish was pretty much out of the question. And that's how I became a vegetarian. <laughs> okay, But it took you another 15 years to give up smoking. It did. Um, I, I, I don't know if you've ever smoked. Anyone listening who um, is a smoker or a former smoker will be familiar with going to the doctor and the doctor will tell you, oh, you need to quit smoking. You're going to get cancer. You're going to get heart disease. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. And you just kind of tune it out. And I switched doctors about 15 years ago, and the first time I went to see her and we talked about smoking, she's like, listen, I know it's really hard to quit, but if you want to, I can help you. And mm. that just made me think, you know, wow, she, she didn't lecture me. She, she's offering me her assistance to quit. So about a month after that, I went in and we discussed it. She gave me a prescription for, um, I think it was called Wellbutrin. And I took that for a couple of months. I quit smoking and I haven't looked back since. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, when the NBC, well, let me back up. Sure. So how did, were you the one chosen to be the face of Cologuard on this uh, NBC Nightly News story? Well, on the NBC one, I, I'm on Facebook and I follow the Colon Cancer Alliance Facebook page. And they had 
posted something about Cologuard. I left them feedback saying that it pretty much saved my life. I was diagnosed with stage one. I had successful surgery and that was it. And a couple of days after that, they reached out to me and said, we're looking for someone to speak to the media. If you're willing, contact this person. So I contacted them. Uh, Someone from NBC contacted me after that. And that's how I ended up on NBC Nightly News. Were you nervous? A little bit. I had done a spot previously for one of our local news stations up here in Boston. And so I I was kind of used to the whole TV thing, but it it was funny getting some feedback. Um, You know, people that I knew previously who've moved all over the country, I think the furthest one away was in California. And they said, hey, I saw you on TV. (laughs) (laughs) And and what all was, you know, because you know how it is. uh, uh, I I guess I should direct my comment to our listeners. Uh, No story goes more than two or three minutes. But I imagine it was a whole lot longer than two or three minutes uh, of shooting and putting this all together. So uh, what what was that like? Well, they got here at 530 in the morning. Um, They didn't come in. They did some outside shots of, you know, the neighborhood and stuff. And they came into the house at six and they left at 10. So they were filming pretty much for four and a half hours. For about 60, 60, 90 seconds of of TV airtime. Wow. And one of the things that I thought was so inspiring and uh, those who follow the Colon Cancer Podcast know from my own personal journey how much of an advocate I am for exercise. And there was just a wonderful shot of you running down the street. uh, And it appears that was not your first run, that you've been doing this for some time. I have. um I've run, I really started getting into running when I was about 48 or 49. I mean, I used to walk everywhere, but a friend of mine asked me to sign up for an obstacle race with her, and it was called the Diva Dash. It's not one of those tough mutters or Spartans or anything that extreme, but I did it, and I just got a great deal of satisfaction out of it, especially like climbing over the pile of tires and stuff. It's something I'd never done before. And I'm like, wow, I'm actually capable of this. And it it was just such a feeling of empowerment. And how how much of a break did you have to take uh, during your your treatment before you were able to start exercising again? Um, My doctor cleared me for exercise six weeks after the surgery. Um, which was about two weeks after I went back to work. And it's funny, I got on a treadmill at the gym and I'm like, well, my warm up speed is three miles an hour. I'll just walk at that. And my first time on it, I got on, I set it at three miles per hour. And I'm like, you know, this seems a little fast. Let me just back that down to two miles an hour. But <laughs> I kept at it and I increased it about 10% every week. So come May, I was back to running. So it took me a while, but I got there. Good for you. How has this whole process changed you, Dot? Oh, my goodness. Um, Well, I spend a lot of time talking to the media and doing podcasts and anything I can to get the word out about early detection and about how there are options. If you're like me and you don't want to go for the colonoscopy, that's fine. But you got to do something to get yourself screened. It, it there's just there's no reason not to. I mean, the test I took, I didn't have to do any kind of prep. 
I basically just went to the bathroom and then took a box down to the UPS store and shipped it off. Doesn't get much easier than that. And I mean, if you don't want to drive to the UPS store, you can call and have them come pick it up at your house. (laughs) (laughs) But I often wonder, you know, uh, when you fill out the packing slip and they say, and there's that blank line that says contents. (laughs) (laughs) No, the good news is you don't even have to fill out a slip. They they have the return shipping label on there. I don't even know what they put on there for contents. (laughs) Uh, yeah, a little bit of uh, warped colon humor. Yeah. Yes. I find I talk about poop a lot more these days. <laughs> Don't we all? Don't we all? Uh, so let's, let's as, we, as we start to wrap up, let's just talk a little bit about uh, what words of advice do you have for those folks who are struggling to get their friends and family members screened? The first thing you need to realize is that early detection is wonderful. Cancer is not necessarily a death sentence. It, it's a major life event, but it's curable. The earlier it's caught, the more curable it is. There are people and organizations out there that will offer you support, that have resources available to you, and you just got to do it. You, you got to get screened. And if you do have cancer, like I said, it's not a death sentence. You and I are living proof of proof of that. Yes. Well, Dodd, thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to share your story and inspiring uh, other folks. I want to wish you continued good health, first and foremost. So six-month survivor, look forward to seeing a post online celebrating your one year and then your two and then your three, et cetera. And uh, you know, thank you for all that you're doing to really help spread the message of early detection, because just like your friend John, by pushing you, saved your life, clearly there are people out there whose lives are being saved by you. Thanks, Lee. It's great talking to you. You too. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on our website, on iTunes, or on the Stitcher app for listeners using an Android device. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at www.ccalliance.org. Again, that's www.ccalliance.org. You can also email your questions to us at info at Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone. <laughs>